Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. Uh, well, um, we take a little bit of a departure from our uh, normal uh, Northwestern-centric uh, pod for the next couple of weeks as we dive headfirst into the NFL draft. Um, you know, it's it's always fun for us. I know the, the three of us just love talking draft. Uh, you know, some of us have rooting interests, others don't, and, and it makes it even more fun to, to talk and to see how absolutely ridiculous the Browns are going to be. Um, and that, that's always a good time. But, uh, you know, this week we're going to go ahead and, and preview uh, the first round of the NFL. And maybe a little bit further. I, I don't know that we're going to go to – we're not doing like a seven-round mock draft here uh, with the three of us. So, uh, thank God for that because I couldn't get past pick six. Um but yeah, NFL draft one and week away. And speaking of speaking of pick six, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that was I did not mean to set that up like that, but I'm, I'm glad it worked out like that. Very yeah. nice. So the the big story, and I I mean the big story of of this draft going into it is the quarterbacks. Um, you're looking at four quarterbacks that are probably going to go uh, in the top 10, maybe top 12, depending how it all uh, works out. I've, I've seen some mock drafts out there that have them going first four picks at quarterback, which would be crazy, but not inconceivable. Um, you've got Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Allen. Um, Blah. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland sitting at number one is pretty you know they're gonna take a quarterback number one and if they don't they're fools um can i can i ask you guys a uh, well i know we're gonna be getting into this shortly but let's get into it go for it okay Uh, let me just put and this isn't just to put a northwestern spin on this but uh, let's treat this as a serious situation let's say you're the cleveland browns and I tell you, you have two options. One, you can take Josh Allen, number one overall, uh, and do whatever. Like, you can just, that's the option straight up. Or two, you can take whoever you want with the first pick, but you're not allowed to draft a quarterback. You have to sign Matt Alvidi as a free agent, pay him free agent money, and start him for one year. Serious question. Which choice do you choose? The latter. I mean, you do, right? And I'm not saying that from any faith in Matt Alvidi's ability to play NFL quarterback. You're just going to lose all your games for one year. But you don't have to pay Matt Alvidi any money. And you could take maybe one of the greatest running backs to come into the league since Adrian Peterson with your number one pick. I have a better idea. How about pick whoever the F you want at number one? Because Josh Allen sure as hell is going to be there at number four. I mean, no, but he's not a good quarterback. Oh, I mean, I, I just, I, it would be, I feel like we've been sold this bill of goods that, um, the Cleveland Browns have turned the page and this is like a new Browns and everything. And it's like, well, it's put up or shut up time. Cause if you take that guy, my God. Yeah, I mean, that that would be the Brownsiest thing to do. Actually, no, the Brownsiest thing to do, and there was some chatter about this I saw today. Granted, this is the season of lies, so, I mean, there's 0% chance this happens. But wouldn't it be the Brownsiest thing to do for them to take a quarterback at one and then come right back and take another quarterback at four? Yeah, pretty much. I, I The reality is they're not going to do that, though. Um, it's just too much money that they'd have to pay these guys um and i like you hear people saying stuff like uh oh you know then then they've got a 50 50 shot that one of the guys makes it 
the problem. And um, they've talked about this a lot on the various NFL uh, ringer shows, be it uh, GM street or, or, um, or their other one, which I think is actually called the NFL ringer show. Anyway, they talk a lot about the fact that, that with the CBA now in, in the NFL, there's an extremely limited number of reps available in practice. You can't develop two quarterbacks at once. It's not no. possible. Um, and unless you're going to stash a guy on the practice squad, I, you're just well, you're, which, you, you have, which, you, which you're not because if you put up someone on the practice squad, he can go sign anywhere. Yeah, so it's just I, it's it's impossible. Now, granted, so, like the like <laughs> assuming the Browns actually understand this and and don't make that mistake like that. That would kind of fall right into the whole like this is the Browns sort of thing to do, but I think even they're not that dumb. I so I've read similar articles to the similar idea of like in today's day and age you can't just like stash a quarterback, and I'm like, unlike the good old days where Josh Allen would have bloomed like a rose <laughs> in the NFL, I'm like, I'm like we've seen Josh like. There, like some of these guys, it's hard to exactly peg who they are in the NFL. I think Sam Darnold's a great example of that, and I can't wait to talk about. Yeah, it. I, I, uh, I want, I want to talk through these four. The, I, frankly, I want to talk through the top, top five QBs. I want to lump Lamar in talk, there. I want to talk through the top four, and then not talk about Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like here we are. I mean, it's like Josh Allen has a type. There is such a Josh Allen failure in the NFL type. It's like everyone from Jamarcus Russell to Josh Freeman to like Jake Locker. Jake Locker who at least could run. It's like big guys with cannon arms who don't get the game at a high level. Paxton Lynch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, Paxton Lynch. Not to hit too close to home soon. No, no, no. I'll I'll take that one. These guys have NFL bodies and cannon arms. And it's like, yeah, if you look at Josh Allen's film and you want to just look at the highlights, you can see a million throws that he can make and almost no one else can make. And that's not how the NFL works at all. And it's just like I – but it's like these guys, people talk themselves into him, and like everyone's trying to pretend like this guy's Ben Roethlisberger. And it's like, no, not at all. The numbers back it up. And yeah, so, so the the Wyoming coach is Craig Bowl, right? And he was uh, Carson Wentz's coach at uh, South Dakota uh, State or North, North Dakota. North, North, Dakota, North, Dakota sorry, State. North Bison. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was he was uh, Carson Wentz's coach at North Dakota State, and you know I know Bowl has come out and said that uh, Allen compares very much to what Wentz uh, looked at, and you know if, if you look at their numbers side by side. I could kind of see where he's coming from, but you know, you know, a couple statistics do not make a quarterback. Well, and I, I fundamentally disagree with that, with that view, namely because Carson Wentz had a dramatically better completion percentage. He was close to 63% in the years that, uh, that he started the most games or, or even 73% his sophomore year. Josh Allen hasn't gotten better than 56, 57%. That's a horrible completion percentage for college, especially against lower tier defenses like he would have seen in the Mountain West. And to think that that is, is going to suddenly translate to the that, that he can suddenly translate to the NFL, there's a lot of really accurate models around what makes a good QB in the NFL from you know going from college and it's and it's they're statistically based and generally it's number of games started and accuracy that's what translates to the NFL you can't just go in with a big arm and blow people away the other thing people are talking a lot about with Josh Allen is like oh he's such a leader he's the dude in the room yada yada yada. they are totally fooling themselves that this guy is suddenly magically going to be able to operate a pro offense uh, with with the way the passing game works now, it's just nonsense. And we've seen, like John, you laid out a whole bunch of QBs. We've seen this happen over and over and over again. Ben Roethlisberger in college? Are you kidding me? That guy was dynamite. And don't tell me about you know oh well Josh Allen doesn't have the talent around him. Roethlisberger yeah. played in the oh, Mac for God's for sake. For sure, for sure, and and won a boatload of games. Destroyed us all... forty four to ten. It was absurd. And by the way. I don't care that it's FCS. So did Carson Wentz. He won every game he played in college, pretty much. 
and they didn't just play FCS teams. Four they goddamn all... national championships. Right. Yeah. And, and and I think, what, it was like 3-0 and against like FBS teams or something like that. I mean, like, yes, they were a dominant team, but it's like a winner's a winner. I'm just – the hilarious thing about the whole thing to me is there are – it is such and – and I can't wait for it to get, us to get into it – such a fascinating discussion of amongst the top four guys – who would you go with and why? And I really don't think there's a wrong answer. I think it's a fascinating discussion. And then there's this guy. And it's like, <laughs> there's like so, this amazing musical chairs and there's no chair for you, Josh Allen. So, so we got to talk about the other guys. Cause so, so I, I mean, I think it's pretty accepted across uh, at least, at least the mock draft community that Darnold is considered the number one overall Sam Darnold out of USC. Um, I don't, personally agree with that but i think he's maybe the um the the least controversial choice uh, i i think uh with, with darnold it's like you know what you're getting like he doesn't have the biggest the highest ceiling but he doesn't have the lowest floor i would I, argue right? he's or had no. the most in, i would argue he's had the most inconsistency though i would so it's i it's i wanted to get into this with you guys because i think you're both right in that Sam Darnold has had some inconsistency, but when you add all the intangibles in, he just screams number one pick to me because he's safe. And there are so many reasons where it's like La- Lamar Jackson, uh, classic, I mean, like we've talked about this, but it's like he's more athletic, and I'm hmm. using air quotes as I say this, type quarterback. Um, and it's like... There's there's a list of each of the other three guys has a stupid reason why people are not going to take him. Lamar Jackson, um, I hate to be that guy, but I mean, there's a race component to it. And all you have to do is compare, just do it race blind and compare his numbers to anyone else and his performance and advanced stats. I mean, like, the guy should go way higher than he is. He, he, sh- he should go way higher. I... I struggle to see him as a number one overall, though. Oh, and, me and, too. And, and again, it's the completion percentage, and he now he got better throughout his career, unlike uh, Allen, and he and he topped out at like close to sixty percent last year. Um, he operated in Bobby Petrino's offense, which is not dramatically different from the NFL. This isn't you know Mariota in in the Chip Kelly uh, Oregon offense, but I think I think you can look at. Jackson's uh, completion percentage. You can think about the injury risk when you think about guys like uh, Robert Griffin or Deshaun Watson. Um, this guy to me has just massive, massive upside and potential. And I, you know, if, if smart teams are going to think about him much like his predecessor at Louisville, um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who, you know, the Vikings traded back into the first round of draft Bridgewater, whose draft stock plummeted because he had just, you know, a bad, he, he didn't look good at the combine. Small uh, hands. Small hands. Yeah. Put on. Put Smell, on. Glo- smells of cabbage. Put you on gloves it. at his in pro day. In today's America, you can go a long way with small hands. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Um, but then, you know, like, put on a glove, had a great pro day, and then we. I mean, we saw like how good he can be at the NFL level. Whether or not he'll play again because of what happened to his knee is another question. But I, you know, I think I think Jackson has a ton of potential. I think you could consider him top ten. And maybe it's the safety thing, but um, I feel like there's enough questions with him uh, that that number one is maybe maybe uh, yeah, off the I, table. I, I feel similarly about Mayfield. Rosen's the one that makes me crazy, though. How is Rosen not the number one pick? Well, so that's the thing to me is like again Mayfield. It to me, it's just that he's short, and that's like that's literally it. I mean, and again, he, and, like, he, and he grabbed his junk. And he, sure, I mean, but I mean, again. He's so like young Brett Farvey in like every way, <laughs> and and I I mean that as a compliment. Like, um, and again, I'm I'm guilty in the past of taking the very mobile of getting too high on the very mobile, <laughs> uh, a little bit problematic quarterback with great intangibles. Um, you know, although I don't know, you know, Hamilton Tiger Cats may be about to light the CFL on fire. So I'll, I'll uh, tell you what I love about Mayfield: yards per attempt, eleven point five. 
led oh. led college football with that. Only two other guys are even in double digits. Like that's just astounding. And his, his completion percentage was like off the charts, right? He was right, at just over seventy. Yep. Advanced stats. If you if you go advanced stats for who the top quarterback is, it's not close. Baker Mayfield dominates in almost every statistical model. Um, we kind of talked about this guys because I think we had a text conversation at one point talking about you know mobility mm-hmm. and. I think the standard for a mobile quarterback, I mean, Aaron Rodgers would be one, but for me, the standard is um, Russell Wilson because he's so mobile with his head up and he's always ready to throw. And the closest to that in this draft is Mayfield for sure. 100%. Now, and again, he'll extend plays in a situation where he's always ready to throw. Now, is he Russell Wilson? No. But, I mean, that's the potential. To, to circle back to, the, to what you were saying earlier, though, um, Rosen is the stupidest thing because I really feel like, all said and done, he may be the fifth of the top five rated guys to go, and it's going to be because of this stupid conversation about is his head around the NFL? Does he want to do things other than football? Oh, and it's just grief. like, God forbid you not be a Cro-Magnon man uh, when you want to play and have other interests um, involve, involving other things. What's funny about it is, of all the top guys except for Allen, um, Rosen looks like he was created in a lab to be a number one draft pick. I mean, in terms of like the size, the confidence, the arm strength... The playing against high-level competition, the pedigree. I mean, this guy was a monster high school player. He was like one of the top one or two overall recruits in the nation. Um, he was came in as like the Rosen one, chosen Rosen at UCLA. He's been in the spotlight forever. He's good with it. I mean, he's like, his numbers aren't perfect. But to me, in any, like, were it not for the other stuff, he would be the one where people are like, well, it's got to be Rosen. Rosen's just like the guy. But now people are going to be like having this stupid discussion about like, oh, but is he like really that into football? And it's like, oh my gosh. Like this guy's not out like partying like Ryan Leaf or something. He like lives a pretty clean life. He just like has other interests. It's I, I've heard some good comments about the fact that it, it's so easy to watch film on these dudes now relative to say 25 years ago when you had, you know, you had to cut, you'd spent tons of time cutting up the film. Now, like you're just, you know, the day after the season closes, you're handed a a, a half hour video that's got every one of Rosen's three hundred, you know, uh, seven hundred throws from the last three years, and you can just go through it. Um, and what this has resulted in is not NFL teams evaluating more players with this extra time. They just spend more time scrutinizing the same players, and they start to psych, psych themselves out. To me, Rosen is the profile of the safe pick. He's had three solid productive years in college. His stats have gotten a little bit better, but he's been he's been consistent. He hasn't had the ups and downs like Darnold did. I mean, you like of all these guys, you know, maybe maybe Mayfield aside, what Darnold did in the Rose Bowl his freshman year against Penn State is to me the best performance across the board that I've seen. Sure. Yeah. Um it was it was amazing. And he didn't come close to that level this entire past year. Whereas Rosen has been much more consistent. John, you laid out all the bona fides. He's probably the one that has demonstrated like the most um, intellect around the game. I mean, like like people that are are getting past this whole stupid, you know, shallow media view of of Rosen are are comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. He's got that kind of mind and that kind of uh, nose for the game, and frankly, a little bit of a similar skill set. He's maybe not quite as mobile. And he's uh, cocked. They're the same kind of as Rogers. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like why? Like why wouldn't you want to hitch yourself to wa- that wagon? Interestingly, Rogers dropped right uh, down to, to what number twenty four after being considered a, a top ten surefire pick. So yeah. there's a lot of similarities there. But I just I I don't get it. Um, you know, to to me, Rosen seems like the surefire choice. I'd probably bet on Baker Mayfield next, specifically because of the Russell Wilson comparison. Uh, and then, you know, I don't feel great about Darnold. I certainly don't feel great about Allen. I think Allen is just a, a, a total disaster waiting to happen. And honestly, if it were me, I'd probably trade back down uh, and think about if I if I couldn't get Rosen uh, or Mayfield or, or you know, if it, if I didn't feel like I, I needed to blow out of the water with the quarterback, 
I think Lamar Jackson's got a great shot at uh, at causing some drama in the NFL. You know, he he can extend extend plays, and you just got to help him get a little bit better on the accuracy and, and make sure he's attacking downfield. But so so that's the if you ask me, so I you could make to me you could make a great argument to me for all four of the top guys. If you ask me of the four top guys who will have the best first three years to his career, it's Lamar Jackson. It's not close. He'll come into the NFL, start, and immediately be able to do everything he did in college just as well as he did it in college. Like, it's funny you talked about the Darnold thing, and immediately my first reaction was like, oh, that that Penn State game was just amazing, some of the throws he made. And then I was like, well, let's not play the game of talking about greatest performances in college. (laughs) Because then it's going to be Lamar Jackson's top 20 games and then everybody else. (laughs) Like... His per- like, his performances were incredible. He had that game against Clemson where he almost beat him. Where he and he and Deshaun Watson were like going toe to toe. Yeah, trading haymakers. He, that was he had that game. game. He had that game where he just totally took FSU by surprise and mopped the floor with them. The difference to me was that he just like towards the end of the year he he never was in the spotlight because he faded. And and I think I put that much more on the rest of his team. He was doing everything for that squad. He did not have the the line or the help around him. Um, but, but, but you're right. Some like, like some of the statistical games, like what was that Syracuse game where, where he leapfrogged the dude and scored like seven TDs and like had he's, 800 yards. Like he is he's, absurd. He's Michael Vick. Like I don't, yeah. I yeah. don't see a difference between the two of them. They're the same player. Maybe Vick had a tiny bit of a stronger arm. Lamar Jackson throws just fine. Like, I, 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 feel like, have... I feel like Vick was maybe a little faster. Oh God. I don't know. I mean, I, there, it's, it's here's here's an interesting thing. I mean, Vic, I'm not. They're both just ungodly fast. Like Vic I, was the first of his kind, though. And like, I, we, and like again, you hadn't seen a quarter. You had seen running quarterbacks in college, certainly, but you hadn't seen that that true, you know, master class dual threat guy that could beat you either way. Um, the until Vic came on the scene. If if Lamar Jackson is playing twenty years ago, he's probably. I mean, he was a he was a revelation when he started playing at Louisville his freshman year. He's he's probably even more so of that twenty years ago because nobody would have had any idea how to defend him. I think like it's just I feel like if it you know whether it's Randall Cunningham, Lamar Jackson, Vic, um, Charlie Ward, th- Ward maybe I'm trying to think of like. There have been a couple guys. Cunningham really jumps to mind. And Vic, obviously, you know, the dog thing and all that stuff happened too. But those kind of guys get miles on them. Like if you're trying to play your most – I mean you talked about it earlier, Scott. You're trying to play your most effective game using your skill set. Guys like this open themselves up to injury. But that bell doesn't toll for a while. I mean it's it's a little bit of Russian roulette. But by and large, it's not going to happen right away. And a guy like Lamar Jackson – you know, you come in, unwrap that present, he's going to be good immediately. And I just feel like it'll be the kind of thing where, like, for the next year or two, he's tearing the league up while everyone talks about him. Seven, so, eight years so from I, now, so like, he, maybe not. So here, here's the one uh, thing that I, I would say might counter your argument is, you know, if he's not drafted super high, he might go to, into a situation where, you know, he would be drafted as a backup for a year or two. Maybe I mean maybe I. It it is fascinating. I mean I I honestly like I don't have in my head right now a complete list of everyone who needs a quarterback. Um, but I mean it it it's fairly it's fairly small. I mean you got Cleveland, um, the Jets absolutely need a quarterback. Uh, Denver needs a quarterback. Um, th- whether the Giants need a quarterback or not is you know they probably need a quarterback. Um, uh, Arizona needs a quarterback. Buffalo needs a quarterback. I just, it's so funny. If either the Giants or Jets drafted Lamar Jackson, he would be one of the biggest stars in America by like midway through next season. And then like three or four years from now, I don't know. Maybe it would be another OBJ situation. But I'm just like, I just feel like he's going to be good to go right away. And again, that's not to say Darnold or Rosen or Mayfield all couldn't have great starts, but I'm just like, I, like, Jackson has that thing that Vic had, and I just, I just feel like it'll work for him right away. 
And and so what's really interesting is you know we talk about these these top uh, quarterbacks and you know we we can't ignore the draft order and who's gonna you know pick where and um, you know which which systems are are looking at which quarterback like which where does it make the most sense uh, with, with these teams drafting at the top of the draft and then you got all all these possibilities for trades I mean. Buffalo has two first round picks. New England has two first round picks. Um, you know, you're the Patriots and yeah, they're two lower first round picks, but Tom Brady's 41 years old and, you know, starting to waffle on whether or not he wants to keep playing. Do you, <laughs> do you trade I love up? that story. <laughs> it, it, it's I, hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But, um, you know, how much weight you put into that, regardless, he's 41 years old and you got to start thinking about, uh, the, the the next man up, um, you know, does New England try to package something together to move into the top to get one of these top quarterbacks? Um, Buffalo absolutely has the as the assets to to move up, you know, with their uh, number twelve pick um, and, and twenty two. So I mean, there, there's two picks there. Uh, couple that with the first round next year, and I, it'd be hard pressed to. Uh, Say, to see a team that isn't at least willing to take that phone call. Um, so, so let, let's let's walk through these first these first five picks because I think there's I, I'm seeing some general consensus across the various um, mock drafts online. So most guys uh, have Darnold or Allen going no, number one overall to, to Cleveland. Can I ask you guys just on that note? Uh, you know, like when it's on the line, who do you think they take, Darnold or Allen? I think they take Darnold. Yeah, I so, do too. So do I. I think even they're not that stupid. I think it's going to be Darnold. Well, and, and they, they it is a whole new regime there. Um, you know, the GM when he came from Kansas City, I think, or something uh, like that. Yeah, uh, although so, apparently he's concerned with hand size, and Allen has the biggest hands. <laughs> oh God! Oh boy! Um, yeah, but yeah, such I mean, incredible hands. Yeah. Oh God. Um, so who I mean who who knows who knows what to think right and they're all playing coy and every, like everything else like I've, I I enjoyed it what was the year where um the team with the number 1 pick basically had the contract inked with the guy like 2 weeks before the draft <laughs> that was my favorite uh, cuz it just took so much of so much of the uh, I mean, of the guessing and, out it of was it. Andrew Luck was that yeah. luck yeah mm-hmm. Um, so number two, uh, the Giants. This is probably the big question mark. Some people think they're going to take Barkley. Some people think they could make could maybe take Bradley Chubb, the best defensive end in the draft. Um, I'll be honest. If it were me, uh, I would take Bradley Chubb. I think like you just like those types of players are just so dominant uh, in the NFL, and that's that's what the game is all about right now. Is your defensive line disrupting the other team's offense? But Regardless. And you, you could take almost every adjective you said except for defensive line and apply that to Saquon Barkley. I was about to say, that's, yeah, what, I th- yeah. that's what I thought you were going to say, Scott. <laughs> so Bar- Barkley's awesome. He'd be a great fit in New York. Who knows? They could go They could go that way. They could go Chubb. Um, or they could they trade. Could, or they could trade. Or they could they could pick a QB. I mean, there's some thought process that, that they might do that with uh, with Eli Manning's career starting to wrap up. But it, the, the conventional wisdom that I keep hearing from um, – the, some of the podcasts I listen to is that they they seem like they want to give a give it another shot with Manning for another couple of years. Maybe they just feel guilty for letting uh, uh, what's his name bench him for a game and ruining his streak. But McAdoo. regardless, McAdoo, thank you. Um, Baker Mayfield to the Jets at three seems like the most obvious fit uh, around, but um, there's a mix. So a bit, there's a theory that that QB goes number three, and then uh, Cleveland comes back in and takes. Basically, whoever New York didn't, Saquon or uh, or Bradley Chubb, and then I've seen like four or five different mock drafts that have the Bills trading up with Denver to take uh, the next QB off the board, whether it's Rosen or Allen. Yeah, I, I think Denver is in a situation where they know what quarterback they want, and if he's not there, they have no problem either. They have no problem moving down. Um, you know, they're they're you know, Elway is not going to reach. For a quarterback, he doesn't, he's not in love with, and whether that's Mayfield or Rosen, um, I know they they talked to Darnold. Darnold's not getting down to five. Um, uh, Allen, no, I, I so here's 
here's what I would love to see is so the Browns there's a way they could just do this easily but there's something they could try for I think the two players the Browns should get that would be amazing would be Saquon Barkley and Lamar Jackson can you imagine if they took those two guys how like effing out of their mind excited uh, Browns fans would be can you imagine just the idea of those two guys starting day one oh my lord so except they, except I I think you know if if you're a Browns fan you've been hearing all off season Darnold Allen Mayfield if I'm uh, a Browns Rosen. fan and I've been hearing that I'd be even more excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, what the, what they should do if they want to do that is they should trade out of the number Tra- one pick. Right, right. And that's what I was thinking. Well, I don't know, like because you. Oh, don't well, I guess you take Bar- know, take Barkley number know, one, right? Because yeah. you don't know he's still going to be around. But you yeah, could you, trade you the take four. the guy, you take you the guy you want at one and trade the four, and yep. you could trade it to like yep. maybe the Patriots or Bills Buffalo. or something like that. Pa- yeah, I pa- mean, like Patriots ain't Patriots ain't trading up in the top five. It's just no, it's not how they roll. The, and that that I mean, they might trade up a little bit, but yeah. Um, with, without you know having, I mean, unless Brady says I'm done tomorrow, and like hangs it up, <laughs> signs the I'm I'm out of here papers, uh, then you know New England's not getting that aggressive. If they trade up into the top five and pick a QB. Brady will Brady's say, I'm quitting done. the next day. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. like, all right, I'm out. See y'all. Um, I don't know if it's Josh Allen. He's probably like, <laughs> I can hijack this guy in like a day. <laughs> well, except that he wants that he wants that pick to help him, right? Right. To, he wants right. to go after another championship. So, um, yeah, I think I, your Broncos are kind of in a. I guess they're in a good spot, Sammy, because they're not married to a guy, so they so they would feel easier trading down. It's it's too bad that there's nobody in the next three slots that they could trade with. Cause I just, I think the talent that comes after these top five guys is pretty spectacular. You've got Quentin Nelson uh, guard at Notre Dame. Who's um, seen as one of the best guard prospects in a generation. And uh, l- l- let's talk, let's talk about Nelson here for a second. I know that um, there, there are some, there are plenty of people who I, I, for, uh, you know, on the Broncos boards and, and whatnot that, you know, the Denver's offensive line was such a weak spot that, you know, Quentin Nelson to the Broncos would be really, really cool. Although there's a lot of people who are saying you can't take a guard at number five. I mean, it's too high. It's, it's sure. But if he's going to play for 12 years, uh, compared to Josh Allen, I I, am my God. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's, here's another guy you could take at number five, uh, Derwin James. Like I, a, a, a rangy dominant safety. Um, you look at Cam Chancellor. You look at what Troy Polamalu was for Pittsburgh. Like uh, what Ed Reed was for for Baltimore. Like the, these guys were hallmarks of epically good defenses. And James is it seems to be cut from that cloth. You've also got uh, Roquan Smith, the linebacker out of Georgia. Uh, cornerbacks Denzel Ward and Josh Jackson. There's a ton of talent that's going to round out the if, the top ten here. I think it's fascinating that. And I think this goes to same what you were talking about with um, the the Pats holding two first round draft picks and what do they do right like do they take a QB or whatever? Well, the funny thing about this draft to me is it's at most positions it's not a deep draft, but in the first round there is serious talent at almost yep. every position. Yep. Safety, classic example. There are only two unreal safeties in this draft. But as good as Derwin James is, he may not be the best safety. Minka Fitz, <laughs> Minka Fitz, if Minka Fitzpatrick is not an NFL star, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. I watched that guy play a million times he's where I was like, unbelievable. He's, he's the best guy at Alabama. That's what I thought every time I saw him from his freshman through his junior year. Um, and he's going to be sitting there mid to late first round. And you know, it's the classic thing where it, it'll be yet another like, oh God, the Patriots got Minka Fitzpatrick late in the draft. <laughs> uh, it's like, Minka Fitzpatrick isn't getting past like 15. I know. I, I would yeah. be surprised. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, know. I think he and goes like, top 10. I think and Derwin good. James is amazing too. It's like, if you want yeah. safety, it's like, if you want guard, there's one generational talent. If you want safety, there's two. If you want linebacker, you've got Roquan Smith. It's like, um, there are a lot of positions Tr- like Tremaine that. Edmonds too. Tremaine, yeah. Ed- Tremaine Edmonds, right? Um, if you want a DT, you've got Deron Payne and Vita Vea, who are both amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like Payne's another guy where it's like, if this guy, like, 
I, I don't know what college football means if he's not amazing because like <laughs> the guy was just like a god in college. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a cu- um, couple wide receivers and DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley. Um, that's that's an interesting meet because so like the the list I'm looking at, um, Ridley's number one and Moore is four. Um, to me, those are the two best guys. Yeah. Um, and I and that was the thing I was like, really, two guys above DJ Moore because I to me like it's those two guys. They're both great. After that, I think there's a drop off. Yeah. Cortland Sutton, Sutton had a hell of a year at uh, at SMU, but I I feel so much better about those two those other two guys given the talent that they had to play against. There's so the getting back to Barkley because it's funny because we almost were like going back and forth on this a little bit before we started the pod. Running back to me is such a fascinating position this year because. You have two things. On one hand, you've got a generational talent where it's like Saquon Barkley's ceiling is Adrian Peterson easily, right? And it's like healthy, that's a target that is not that far-fetched for him to hit. I mean, he's if, if the guy's healthy, he could be a generational talent at running back. But then you've got this unbelievably deep group of running backs and I'm not saying this just because Justin Jackson doesn't even make the first page of prospects on NFL's site. Um, I actually specifically looked at it from that from that respect to be like, why is Justin Jackson ranked so low? And it's, I mean, first of all, any team that takes Justin Jackson is getting a steal if he goes anywhere below like the third round. Like, I firmly believe that. I think we all firmly believe that. But if you look at the list of guys in front of him, you kind of are like, oh, yeah, I I can see this. I mean, like, the second round, guys like Sony Michael or, or Sony Michelle are going to be available. Nick Chubb is going to be available. Royce Freeman, Bo Scarborough. Some of these guys are going to be in, like, the third round. Um, carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson. Bo Scarborough. I, I mean, like, these guys where it's, you know – in a position that people talk about, right, like the biggest knock on Barkley, people say is like, look, in today's game, right, the miles, blah, 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 it's not a safe pick, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you want guys that you don't have to sell the farm to get that are still very good running backs, there are a ton that are available. Um, and I, it's funny to me because I think I assume a lot of teams' thought process, like the Patriots are an example, right? They're like, look, we need a running back. But we can get a running back late. But if we but we need to get a couple first rounders because if we want positions X, Y, and Z, we have to get our guy early. And I think that's kind of really fascinating because I think this is a in a way weirdly a very running back friendly draft for the NFL because if you want to grab two or three of these guys and then just see what cream rises to the surface, you have that option. Guys, I've found my favorite mock draft. Okay. It is from Maurice Jones Drew. <laughs> yep. It is on NFL.com. I'm actually being quite serious here. Uh, so he's got he's got Barkley going number one overall to the Browns. Then he has Rosen and Darnold going to the two New York teams. The Browns picking Chubb at four. The Broncos trading uh, with the Bills. So the Bills get Josh Allen, and the Broncos get the, the Bills' next two picks. So wait, wait, wait. So wait, the Browns took two running backs? No, no they, they took, took Bradley B- Chubb. Bradley, oh, Bradley Chubb, Chubb and, Bar- and Barkley. I've got, I've got Nick Chubb in my head. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So they get the best, Different def- the best defensive player and the best running back. Arguably the best offensive player. Um, Derwin James going to the Bucks, which just seems like... Appropriate. You you missed Quentin Nelson to the Colts, but well, yeah, I just I was going to start skipping around okay. a little bit. Um, uh, Roquan Swift to the uh, Smith to the Raiders, which also feels right. Ugh. And then with the Broncos' uh, first pick that they get from Buffalo, Baker Mayfield, which I would 12. love. I would love that. I, I want the, I want I Baker Mayfield. I'm I don't know that Baker lasts that long, but I, yeah, I don't think he does either. I, 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 if he's there, he's not getting past Miami. Yeah, I mean, the, now this has uh, Miami trading uh, with the Packers. There's the two previous uh, projections have the have the the Dolphins picking Mayfield. So so who knows? But anyways, uh, part of the reason I like this is because Sammy does well for your Broncos. It does well for the Browns. And John, you're going to be very happy when I get to the end of this. Um, <laughs> so the Bills pick May, uh, or the Broncos pick Mayfield. 
Then you, I don't like Minka Fitzpatrick to the to the Packers. Although I guess that's a trade with the Dolphins. Anyways, uh, where do I want to go with this? Uh, you have the Dolphins, or the, the the Cowboys picking Calvin Ridley, replacing uh, Des Bryant. Then with the second Bills pick that the Broncos got, they get Daron Payne. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, my Vikings take Orlando Brown, which I'm, I guess I'm okay with. Um, I don't know that I buy into the whole like. He he couldn't run a, a a forty like he's an offensive tackle. I don't really need him to run a forty fast. Um, but then with the last pick in the draft, the Philadelphia Eagles trade it to the Cleveland Browns, who pick Lamar Jackson, much like my Vikings traded into the last pick of the NFL of the first round to get Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, that would be glorious. we all we come full circle. Th- that That's, that I, is an absolute win for the Browns. I mean, seriously. Just, yeah, I mean, Barkley, Chubb, and and Jackson. My God. Look, I just I want that to be true. If Kevin Costner, if Kevin Costner was the GM, and we were not in real life, <laughs> uh, back and to the left. I think I think it's possible. Um, I an, so another position that I wanted to talk about um, because I've I've kind of went down all the the lists of just the NFLs. NFL.com's draft list, looking at prospects, being like, all right, let me just jog my memory from, you know, all the time I watched college football and think, all right, like, where's their value? And the place that I found it is outside linebacker. There are two guys who are not ranked in the top five at outside linebacker who, okay, like, I get Roquan Smith is amazing. You could easily talk me into these two guys being the second and third best linebackers. And as far as I'm concerned, they're both first-round talents. That's A, Malik Jefferson from Texas. Who, oh, yeah. I never watched that guy when I wasn't like, holy crap. <laughs> like, he he really was an amazing player to watch. I mean, just amazing for a team that was not an amazing team. And I, I found myself like watching Texas just to watch Malik Jefferson. And then Shaquem Griffin. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Shaquem Griffin, I am just like... I, every time I watch Shaquem Griffin, I feel like I've said this on the pod before. The only reason Shaquem Griffin was not playing at Alabama is because he had one hand. And everything about him screamed Alabama linebacker. Like it was just like randomly UCF had this amazing offense and then this mediocre defense with one guy who clearly should have been the best player in the SEC playing linebacker for them. And you would be like, how did this happen? And it's like, oh, he has one hand. That's how it happened. Um, He's just unbelievable. It's obvious the hand is, not having one hand is no liability to him whatsoever. It doesn't affect his ability in the least. Um, And oh yeah, he's the fastest linebacker by far. (laughs) <laughs> Which means, by far, the fastest linebacker. Didn't he run like a 4-4 four, four or something? It was ridiculous. It was ludicrous, yeah. yeah. Which which means, worst case scenario, he's your best special teams player from day one. And I just, and, by, but I mean, like, it's just like, the people, the NFL is stupid. And people are going to talk themselves out of him because he has one hand. As if the fact that he, dom- I mean, he dominated college he was the defensive player of the year in his conference it's like it wasn't like luck like he somehow pulled this off through like the act of god it just doesn't have any bearing who knew hand is not that big of a deal apparently. and, and here's the thing how many people like break it break a finger or something like that or have a hand injury and play with a club right that's it, no different that's no exactly different. jason pierre paul uh blew up his a hand. whole lot of yeah. fingers yeah <laughs> right where he's doing just no exactly it's like uh, and people are trying to be like well he's not gonna be able to like wrap up or whatever it's like i don't i mean what? who who wraps up in the nfl i know ex- who tackles by wrapping up like exactly like if you're like we uh, it's a missile league and this guy's done nothing but practice contact hits for like his entire <laughs> like life like i and again he's the nfl has him as the ninth best linebacker second round on he's highway robbery and I and again, it could be even later. And I, I just but again, it's like he and Jefferson, it's quite possible neither of them go in the first round. And that to me is like the one position I've seen 
other than running back where there's going to be value late. Um, and a lot of a lot of other positions, there's like a real drop off. Uh, so you, we we've been going for a while. I mean, lest we exhaust all of our chatter for next week. I mean, is there anything else that we really need to address before? Uh, the draft actually kicks off uh, a week from tonight. I think just the cats, you know, where we think um, Godwin, uh, Lancaster, and JJ, you know, might end up. So I'm going to be really interested to see. Um, th- I mean, I'm looking at the grades. Godwin is NFL.com's eight, number eight safety. I think other places have him around 10. Um, but to me, I mean, I, I've watched all of these guys play. There's a huge drop-off from Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick. I know, like, NFL.com's got Justin Reed ranked high. I'm sorry. Like, Justin Reed ain't Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick. To me, that's the cliff. And after that, it's just a question of which teams like which safeties the most. And um, like so many guys in certain positions, I mean, Godwin will benefit if there's a run on the position. Um, and, I mean, safety is an important position. So... I think his ceiling, if everything broke right for him, would be third round. I yeah, that, that, that's sort of yeah, what I, I, I was thinking as well. I think he could go in the third, but more than likely fourth or fifth would, I, be, I would, would be my guess. I would bet fourth, much like Ibrahim. Um, I think Campbell was a much better uh, tackler and run stopper, but I think Godwin's got more range and um, a little more capability in pass pro. Uh, not pass pro, uh, pass coverage. But yeah, I would I would bet fourth round for him. Lancaster's the wild card, isn't mm-hmm. he? It feels like he could go anywhere from four to free agent. Um, and again, like like DT, like you said, John, it's another it's another kind of shallow position. He seems like a guy who's got like I don't know if he's got enough NFL speed to be a tweener. He feels like a like not a nose guard, but um, he feels like kind of a standard defensive tackle in a four three set. Could he put on a few more pounds and really turn into like a road grader? I don't know. That he's is got is the, that not is that not the move for him? I still know that he's got the frame. Um, he's got a great motor. Like it, like it, it. It seems like he could be a like a third down DT, the type of guy that um, you know is decent enough in in run uh, run defense, but can also uh, I, I don't know about rush the passer, but put but pressure the passer um at least force uh teams you know to to pay attention to him what 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 if he was like um an end on a three four it's possible i mean again i i think people are going to be really concerned about his footwork right and I think that's the knock on him. He's a real workout warrior. I think some people feel like maybe the lower body strength isn't there quite as much. Um, and again, by the way, all of this applies to the offensive line as well. Because especially if he signs as a free agent, you may get some team that wants to try him at a couple positions, work him out at a couple positions, and see if they find like a good fit for him. He played, um, o- he played O-line in high school, right? Because I remember him being a right. center when yeah. we recruited him. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's and wasn't it, there some chatter about maybe him getting drafted to the O line as well? Yeah, potentially. I think you. I feel like, you know we talked about this a while ago, but one in, you know really interesting thing. It applies to Lancaster. It especially applies to Godwin. It's been a long time since we had guys in the draft who, from a purely athletic perspective, were really really like had a lot going for them. Um, especially in Godwin's case. I mean, I like. Godwin is, he's not like a, I mean, he is, but he's not like a technically sound safety. He's a technically sound safety. He's also a really good athlete. He's really fast and really strong for his position. Um, And in the case of Lancaster, he's less polished, I think, than Godwin is. But you still have that raw athleticism where somebody you could see taking a flyer on him late and being like, look, this guy can bench press until the cows come home. Let's see if we can like find a place for him. Yeah, he's strong as a bull. Why not bring him in on third down, you know? Right. And then right. JJ, it it feels like it feels like JJ is probably a, a last two rounds kind of pick um unless somebody's just really in love with him as a as a third down change of pace back. It's just such a deep group of running backs. Yeah. Like you could get to the 
to the fourth, maybe even the fifth round, and like Bo Scarborough is still available. It's like, oh my god, it's just an amazing. You know, Akron Wadley is going to be available yeah. super late. Um, so I think there, it's not a knock on JJ. I this this could be a draft where a lot of guys, including JJ, are getting meaningful minutes over the next four or five years, especially in the third down situation. Um, and he's yeah, a, I, he's a perfect third down back, right? Like right. Pass catching ability. He's smart in blocking schemes. Um, he's he's good enough with the ball in his hands to to make people miss. I I I would love a situation if he became kind of like a Leroy Horde. You know, <laughs> if you, you need you need a yard, I'll get you three. You need five <laughs> yards, I'll get you three. Right. Like he's got enough sh- uh, enough shimmy and shake. Like he can definitely get you some yards um, in third down situations. But he's not going to be a primary ball carrier. He just he just he's not built for it. He doesn't have the top end speed. Um, what, what I think is really interesting about JJ, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, uh, back when he ran so well at the combine, I wonder if because of the, the reduced workload that he would have in the NFL, if he can play at a lighter weight. And if that gives him a boost on the speed front in terms of, you know, getting the ball in space as a pass catcher and, and being that, you know, being available for, for, draws etc on third down I, I i really wonder if that's the conversation that he and his agent are having with teams um to try and boost his profile a little bit yeah especially when you consider there like there are no bell cow backs anymore maybe one or two but like everyone has three or four running backs that rotate through all the time so you know no one's getting a majority of the of the touches Zeke Elliott, uh, you know, just jumps to mind. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, but even Bell like gets rotated out from time to time. Well, well and guys get injured, right? Like yeah. you got to have. Look at what the Vikings did last year. They signed Latavius Murray um, to, you know, maybe be their feature back, and then and then drafted uh, uh, Cook out of FSU. Cook was fantastic, but then got hurt. They needed every bit of Murray and. Um, uh, uh, Jarek McKinnon, who was you know kind of the third down guy or the the number three guy, they needed every bit of those two guys to to make their run to the NFC Championship game. It's going to be funny, to, like given that, right? Like, will there be another run on running backs? I mean, I think it would be different, but you, if you reach a kind of tipping point, let's say in like late second, third round, where suddenly these guys are like, all right, sweet, like the I I can get like. I can get like Sony Michelle and Carry on Johnson and Nick Chubb all on my team <laughs> for like low money in the next couple of rounds. It's time to stock up. You could see like a crazy run on running backs and then you could see Jackson move up. I mean, I, I really do think um, for value, running back is just crazy loaded. And, and if there is suddenly like this tipping point, you could see him, you know, get up. But, but, there's just so much in front of him. It's hard to see like better than the fifth. And and on the flip side, you, you talk about how loaded the the draft class is. That you know would pro- I think would depress the value of running backs even more. You know because if there's so many out there, then you're going to want to go out and get uh, players a little bit higher on your board in a different area, knowing that if someone else takes a running back, you can get someone who's you know every bit as good you know a round or two later. Yep. That's gonna be it's gonna be funny to see because it's Barkley's really highly rated, and then you've got this crazy log jam. Like, will like would anyone take like a Darius Geis in the first round, knowing that they could get a carry on Johnson in like late second round? You know what I mean? Like, I almost feel like like I mean like a guy like Ronald Jones is technically NFL.com's like number three rated running back, and it's like he was good, but like. Don't tell me like John Kelly is from Tennessee is NFL's ninth rated running back. I I mean I watch plenty of both of those guys and like John Kelly to me is every bit as good as Ronald Jones. So I'm like I I kind of feel like a lot of teams are going to wait and then suddenly there's going to be this run, but I don't know when it's going to happen. I just think for for JJ to really stand out, there's got to be a team that's got a real specific um, need. Uh, in that in that pass catching mode, in that third down back mode, teams that you know in a third and short situation, 
they're just as likely or more likely to throw the ball. Um, you look at what Philly did. Philly did a ton of things with their running backs and RPOs. That's a place where, where uh, a player like J.J. would have uh, a lot of value. Same thing with New England. They've, they've been in that kind of mode forever, uh, being able to flex a running back out to the slot with Rex Burkhead, uh, Danny Woodhead, etc. So I, I think unless there's a team like that that has kind of pegged Jackson as, hey, that is the guy we want to fill this very specific role, um, I, I have a hard time seeing him move, move too far up the ladder from where he's at right now. So yeah, next week uh, we'll be doing our annual uh, live draft. Um, yeah, as, as we talk through uh, several of the picks in the first round, um, you know, it'll be interesting. You know, when we dive in, um, yeah, I know as a Bronco fan, I'd love to be on the air, as if you will, um, or on, on the tape <laughs> as, as Denver picks at number five. But we'll we'll talk about that. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and leave it there for uh, for this week as we uh, continue our search for the Swolly Grail. So for my final thought, I want to pay homage to a name that came up earlier this evening. Um, I was going to rant and rave about some, some stupid uh, stuff I heard on various podcasts uh, earlier this week with regard to Tennessee and their coaching search and other weird things, but I want to talk about Randall Cunningham um, because my my like the, the season that really birthed my football fandom um, was the 1998-99 uh, Minnesota Vikings season with uh, Randy Moss as a angry, vengeful rookie and Randall Cunningham as a resurgent veteran QB. Cunningham was just incredible that year. And just like the moonshots that he threw over and over and over again to Randy Moss in basically triple coverage all season were incredible. Um, but as we were, you know, we were talking about him earlier in during our, our Lamar Jackson discussion. And uh, I realized I had no idea where Cunningham went to college or if he was even any good in college. Um, so he went to UNLV. Uh, in three years at UNLV, he threw for 8,020 yards and 59 touchdowns. Uh, note that those don't include any bowl games because they didn't tabulate those. They didn't include those stats back then. Uh, he also holds the school record for punting average at 45.6. Uh, he was an All-American as a punter. In addition to being just outstanding at QB, uh, UNLV went 11-2 and his junior year, which is the best they've ever done. Um, he was inducted into the, into the uh, NCAA uh, Hall of Fame. Um, I, I think pretty 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 late here. I don't. It was it was a uh, not too long ago actually that he finally got got inducted. Let's see if I can get a date on. Yeah, 2016. So just a couple of years ago. Um, but I, talking about him earlier just just brought me back to that magical year and uh, just how good Cunningham was. And then it also makes me think of. QB Eagles number double zero in Super Tecmo Bowl. Oh yeah. Oh man, those are good times. QB Eagles and uh, Bo Jackson couldn't stop him. Yeah, in the in the pantheon, along with Madden, Michael Vick of greatest video game players ever. Um, for my final thought, um, we'll just give you the latest women's lacrosse update. Um, last week we kind of teased that Penn State game. Uh, and they went to State College and picked up a big win, 17-13. Uh, Hammer. So, yeah. So we're officially, I mean, we've got a little trap-trappy trap-trap game against Rutgers, who the Cats have never lost to, um, at home in two days. We're recording on the 19th, so this is going to be on uh, Saturday the 21st. But we are officially one week out. We're in the Maryland zone. The war on the shore. Um, if I might channel Chris Farley doing Norman Schwarzkopf, um, the, but so it's, we're, we're, we're a week out. Um, both of these teams, I mean, there's a chance the cats may be a top five team by that point. I mean, this is a, a major, major matchup on the road, 6 PM on, uh, the 26th. So I guess that's a, a Thursday night game. Um, a week from today, the night of the draft. So while we're doing our live pod, we can probably give you some live updates from that game as well. Uh, should be pretty interesting. Absolutely. Um, for my final thought, just wanted to follow up. Uh, last week we were talking about 
Um, why wouldn't the football team move their spring practice into uh, the Ryan Field House? Uh, turns out, um, we heard from uh, someone with the uh, with the school apparently that uh, Ryan Field House is getting the, the formal unveiling to the public uh, that this coming weekend, um, or you know, this weekend. And, um, you know, last weekend, it you know, maybe the atrium wasn't ready. Not everything was, was quite set. Um, you know, which is why you only got pictures from, from the field. I mean, and we, we wondered about that if that might have been the case that uh, not everything was, was quite ready. So apparently that is, uh, that, that's the case. Um, I, I'm actually looking forward to seeing, uh, photos coming from, uh, Comfest this weekend. Uh, at uh, the new round Ryan Field House, so we can maybe get some shots of the atriums and um, the the other offices. So that would be uh, really cool to see. So uh, if, if there's any of those out there, be sure to let us know. And we'll go ahead and leave it there for this week. You can head to our website, westlotpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at westlotpirates. You can call our voicemail line, 847-231-2287. That's 847-231-CATS. And email the show, westlotpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the West Lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. John Lacombe, Nair Skazboy, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.